All right, finally hitting record. This is like the first time ever that Dead Air is like going to be exclusively a podcast. Like, not going on. This is like, as soon as we're done with this, this is just going to, I'm just putting it out on the internet and it's, it's going. And I want to, I want to try more conversation pieces since I've found like, like you and MJ and people actually like, the bullshit like the yeah like actually like have have like decent shit to say for the most for the most part i'm i dig the i dig the input and uh i one that i've been wait i've been waiting to do this for a long time because nobody has done like a i feel like a full like timeline or like people have done many deep dives but i haven't done like a total like I haven't seen too many total deep dives on this band just because like they've gotten so popular. Like if you go to the point like to where you look at all the interviews, this band is always like in like bigger like like bigger radio stations, bigger like outlets are interviewing them. So it's all just super, super like general and bland rock questions in general and bland like rock answers. So I wanted yeah. I wanted to just um do co- uh a code orange talk. We did like a mini code orange talk like when uh when we were talking about our uh when we were talking about like our favorite like some of our favorite shit from uh the twenty tens. Like for like for like a little bit but uh and I think we've stated that you are probably a bigger fan of this band than I am. Yeah, I honestly love the new record. I think it's like it's not something I might like keep listening to over and over again. You know, just because like for that style, I don't quite listen to it as much as I used to. But I think for what it's going for, I think that it's like super good. So let's uh we can let's just go over let's just go over the timeline. So. Code, Code Orange Kids, two, 2008, got their start. Um, that first shit for the 2000, have you, you listened to the 2009 demo? Probably when it came out. I didn't like, I definitely heard it, but it wasn't like something that I was like actively listening to. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it. I don't know if it would be on too many people's radars, like, because even though like, I loved Dangers. Like Dangers was still like like in a weird like space for like for how like hardcore until maybe like 2009 to like two like into the 2010s. I felt like they in my in my opinion um but I kind of like like pseudo screamo like not really hardcore but not like screamo either, you know. Yeah, like but like instrumentally, it was like definitely punk and hardcore influenced. Like yeah. um, with I, that was like that's like my closest thing um, that I can compare. Like the that tw- that two thousand nine demo is is dangerous, just because like dangerous pulls from so many different things. Like you can name like a ton of like hardcore bands or post hardcore bands or screamo bands and like it would like some of that would most of them would hit the nail on the head because they, they pull like a little bit 
from each one. I'm not trying to do a full dangers talk, but like I love dangers and like this is like when I first heard that demo, I was like, this is like dangers, but not as good. I feel that. Um the the artwork for that for for this first one is like it's 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 really like not something I I would I would go for like if I like especially in two thousand nine I'm just like if I saw a demo like this it looks like a real like crusty punk dude would would like it but not but not a not a hardcore kid. Is it the is this the tour demo with like the yellow and black cover? Yeah. It's cool looking. I just pulled it up. I've actually. I've, I remember listening to this, but I definitely don't remember the artwork. It was probably like a Media Fire link or something. I never actually once like saw the artwork. So I'm like, but yeah, I'm like, as I don't, I don't necessarily hate this demo, but it's just like, I could see where in 2009, this would not stand out at all, like to anyone, and especially from what people um, like pulled for, pulled from. And I want to go on a really side note for 2009. Is it maybe because of my my Christian um, my Christian tendencies and my Christian upbringing? The reason that I never heard the coin the coin term "amazing core" for some of the band I, for like the bands that I, I I definitely listened to some amazing core, but I never like I was nobody in my like wheelhouse which was a very small wheelhouse of people um i could be wrong but i really feel like that those guys coined that term on the podcast i'd never because like all the amazing core bands that was like that was probably like the definitive kind of hardcore that i liked more than anything and i never once heard a single person call that like i could be wrong or maybe it's like it's a it's a I weird. Say, I was gonna say is it an East Coast thing, but I'm like, well, Bob lived in California. I feel like when a lot of that stuff was like going off, and most of the kids that I was friends with were like West Coast kids, and I I had never heard them say it. Yeah, it's so it's like super weird. It's super weird to me. Like, especially I just thought about this because this is like the oh who's call, who calling? Hold on. I'm in a group chat and someone was calling me on the group chat. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry, I just hung up on him. Do they want to? Do, do they want to chat? <laughs> but no, I mean, I I get why like the whole amazing for like the I get what it means and like it's pretty funny, and I'm not mad at it. But it's I I never heard that term till like that I forget what episode it was on that podcast, but. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't. This is like to to 2019. Yeah, it's the first time I heard it. And but there was like people like, you know, like Jay from Sidetracked who like, who knows a lot about a lot. Um, yeah, can attest to that was a thing. So it was like, and I'm I'm gonna say I wasn't I wasn't like super active. I was uh, on message boards. I was like, I would go in and out of message boards. So it might have been like. A super like message boardy thing. Yeah, and it could even it could even been something that like people that weren't that didn't give a shit necessarily about that style of hardcore like 
used it to like make fun of it, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, either way, but. Well, I, 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 my whole, my whole thing of not knowing is just living in a in a podunk town with like with a bunch of church kids. So like I, so some of the outside world of hardcore was not. Um, I would listen to albums, but obviously not know what people were saying about them. So, but moving. Part of the time was definitely when I was living in Alaska, which was like literally isolated from everything. But then it was when I was living here and that's what a lot of the kids that like I met when I moved down here were into was like that style of hardcore. And then being that I lived in Alaska, I definitely was on like the bridge nine board and like other like tomfoolery online yeah but i'm just and yeah like i say like amazing core definitely came to a like a real like peak like around and it was about to be like the the end around 20 of two, 2009 and i'm like yeah, so full new york hardcore after that yeah so like at that point like i'm just saying i don't see this going anywhere but like moving to 2010 is like when like if you listen to the next to the next demo, it's like they finally start to like Code Orange kind of comes in, you know. They start to yeah. to actually sound like what Code Orange Kids sounded like with the final like carnation of the kids. Yeah, I feel like I know. I don't know a timeline specifically, but I definitely know at the beginning too. They were kind of like juggling around like member. I think only one member, but, like, and, like, who plays what, you know? Yeah. And I think, like, especially in the beginning, like, and being that they were pretty young, like, just kind of even figuring out, okay, well, what do we want to actually sound like? And, like, oh, like, every band I've been in, like, when you're first starting out, you'll have, like, a fast song and, like, a heavy song and, like, a melodic song or just, like, the punk, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're kind of figuring out all those different ones and you want to kind of play a bunch of stuff to like figure out what actually like feels most comfortable and like what you like playing more and then running with that. Because like the, even like the little bit of like information you can get from some of those like really vague, like uh, interviews that they've, that they do like nowadays, like they, they'll say that they were like full on just like punk kids. So like, like a lot of the first shows, like, if you go back or just like with like punk bands for, for code orange kids, like an opening for yeah, like, for like the videos. Cause I mean, especially now like you'll see randomly like some bigger metal website or magazine, like post some like old video of them from back in the day. And it's definitely like, it reminds me a lot of like the kids I used to see at shows here. It's like cut up jean shorts, like tank tops, like messy haircuts. Like, everyone, like, not really push-moshing, but just kind of, like, vibing and, like, being angsty. Dude, it just, it's so wild that they're, like, younger. They're still, like, all collectively younger than you and me. Like, and they've been doing it since, like, I started, like, I started doing music at some point, like, around the same time they did. And then stopped, like, just a couple years ago. And, like, they're, they've just consistently been doing it. And they're still, like, most of them are, like four to five years younger than me. Well, it's like too, whenever I'll jump ahead a tiny bit, but we can go back. But like whenever they like 
did like the substantially like heavier jump, you know. And it's like, oh, we when they dropped the kids and whatnot. And I remember some of my friends kind of complaining that they liked the old stuff and they didn't like the new direction. And I was just kind of like, yeah, well, aside from all that, like if you have to think like if you started a band when you were like pretty young, like your taste changed and you start doing different things. And it's kind of weird to like be surprised by that. Like everyone changes so much around like that time period of your like life and like the kind of music you want to play and like what you're into and like it just so happens that they started the band when they were like really young and like it would be weird that if they continually just sounded that exact same style and like so collectively like for as far as like if we're gonna count like releases and splits code orange kids still has code orange like beat for like as far as like they still like like the kids uh version still has more releases so like and i think that's something that people tend to forget like they've just how just like like you know they say they have the code orange forever but they've been just fucking consistent like just like the amount of stuff they like have something almost every single year that they that they have been around I'm on Discogs right now, and technically they have like 17. Yeah. Actual like, like with this is with splits. They have the full. Yeah. The, we're not. Uh, they they have the full of hell. The full of hell split. They have that that triple split with uh, the run the not run for cover, but the, like the is it top shelf? shelf? Yeah, top. top, top is, shelf run for cover. Yeah, with world beautiful play like, like those like in 2013. Those every single one of those bands were were pretty fucking huge too. Like Tumblr was still in full effect. Um, so like Tiger, like Tiger's Jaw, all the yeah, all those bands like you'd always see kids with pictures of all all of their merch like in some sort of like field or wooded place or cliff, like standing at the edge of a cliff with a with a tiger's jaw world's beautiful place or a code orange uh kids shirt and it and it just that it was, was just wild. Band, it was the it was the i always considered it like the band camp like melodic hardcore slash like post hardcore like aesthetic like everyone had that it was wild no i had it too it was like i was i was single and trying and trying to mingle with all the the other tumblr kids i so. can say with confidence tumblr was never my thing it was too it was too weird for me i don't know i just like i just that's where all my that's all where all my friends were at i got i was still at the end of uh my like i was coming into my like mid-20s so i was still like i would i would get like semi like you know peer pressured into something every once in a while not totally but like if my friends yeah. if my friends were doing it i was like fuck it i'll do it i was like it's not I that would, like, big of a deal i would try to make tom i would like make one and be like oh all my like same like all my friends are into it like let me see like maybe this will be fun then like after a little bit i'm just like yo this sucks like i'm not having like this is let me just get back on twitter like that's way more enjoyable to me i don't know it was just easy because like for i like had high anxiety, so it was just like easy to click, 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 and then every once in a while I'll send a message to someone, but then I could just go click, click, reblog, reblog, 
I think that was part of it for me. It was like way too like way too much of like a content dump because everyone could like just like reblog stuff constantly. So I would just be like, wait, who posts like you know what I mean? It was I feel like it was a perfect representation of my brain at the time and kinda now too. Like just a hot mess. It, like just to put it together this uh you know, the little bit of information for this episode just takes me like sometimes it takes a deep breath so I'm like not stuttering all over the place. Um and uh, so like Tumblr was like that perfect place to just be like this is a fucking mess, but so am I. So and and it's full of melodic and sad music. <laughs> so that's that's where that's where we both like differ. So if we're mo- moving forward, like everything kind of like, dude, cycles is just fucking fast. That, Shit. that's the like first album or release that I got super into. Like, um, I remember I saw them when they were touring on that play here. They yeah. were sick. Yeah, no, it yeah, was like, act, like, like a hardcore punk vibe for real too. Oh yeah, for real. And like it's just like I feel like if you see like their stage presence has always like kind of remained like the same no matter what like um it was straight up like that was when I saw they played like a storage practice space here and I remember that was the one thing that stood out more than anything. I was like this band goes off and they play and are like are like actually into what they're playing and like I'll always remember how a band goes off over how they sound like always and I thought they it was just I remember like I could probably find the tweet but I'm almost positive I either like tweeted something about like how fucking sick it was and like oh this band's gonna be like fucking like cool and, like everyone go catch this band on tour blah blah yeah they so cause they played Red Room and I heard all about it um and I don't. I didn't know who they were, so um, I was. I think I was pretty busy with a dumb job at the time, and I was like, um, "But I was hearing all about it, and it the the set went so well that it, like they got asked to play Rainfest like that night, like at the show. Like I believe it was. I believe it was Skiff. I'm not gonna. It it I'm. More, cer- I'm pretty certain it was Skiff who's the one who was like, "This band needs to play Rainfest," because they like played and then like they were on like the next announcement within the next couple weeks from that show for 2012. And unfortunately, I don't think they uh, they ended up making it. But yeah, I'm almost positive that they dropped because I remember something about that. Yeah, something. And there was people like they still they had such a a following st- at that point just from um you know the limited stuff that they were doing with the demos and the and their first like kind of real release that they had people not coming to Rainfest because they weren't playing. That's wild. Like people like I was like maybe I need to pay attention to this band cuz like there were there was like handful of people that refunded their tickets because Code Orange Kids were not playing. Like, 
that was wild. I was like, who is who the fuck is this? That's crazy for realistically probably like a fifteen minute set at most, like Like for real. And like But uh still like that's wild. The hype was the hype was real, so I was like, I'm gonna pay attention and then they came out with this in twenty thirteen for for Love is Love, Return to Dust, and this might be my favorite release from the band. At all like out of everything they've done. Uh listening back. For me, like it's the most interesting to me. Um and I I sonically it sounds it just sounds good and like I love when things are like eclectic but still remain to a certain theme and I think they did very well with that. I love the opener for that record a lot. It sets a good tone. It's very uh trying the way to word for it. Um it like builds tension really well. I yeah. guess. Um that record is like I like it. But I remember like I feel like it fit for like a certain person, like that's like a very like it record for them. Like a lot of my friends that like like really 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 like that record or like very much into like kind of weirder like noisy stuff and like moody stuff like obviously converge and like things and like cursed and things like that but um really to it like i was like specific songs but i found myself never like listening to like the whole record i'd pick out a few songs i liked and then like that was it. Whereas I feel like the way the album was laid out was definitely like a you should listen to this from start to finish. Yeah. Well, I honestly feel like this fits Death Wish. So like, oh, that's to 100% to 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 a T. Like, yeah. it's like like you can hear some of like just like their counterparts in this in this. I hear you know bits of Touche. Obviously, like you hear you hear Converge like through and through with this. Um, also, like you said, cursed um, with some like. I think the earlier stuff was a little bit heavier, maybe a little more like integ- Like there was some more integrity, but I would say there's definitely like, there's still a heaviness, but more of a a converged presence about what they're about what they did with this, and I and I love it. There was a couple songs on there. Like I don't fucking I don't know any of the song titles, but you know whatever. Um, when they put out "I Am King." And people were like, oh, this is like a crazy jump. Like, this, like, I love the old stuff, like, this new stuff. But on that first record, you can go listen to it. You can definitely hear songs and parts where it was like, okay, this really isn't that weird, like, a transition. Like, that record definitely has, like, very obvious, like, mosh parts and, like, building up into, like, a bigger mosh part and, like, those, like, specific riffs and, like, drum beats and whatnot. I just think that, like, it wasn't there yet, and especially with, like, the tone of that record and how it sounds, it's got much more of, like, a dirtier, like, Death Wish. Like, when you think of, like, the Death Wish sound, like you were saying, like, that's the tone that that record has. Like, at, at some point, like, did... I would say... Did... Did Reba do more vocals in 
in has done more vocals in Code Orange or Code Orange Kids. That's something I'm not I'm not as familiar with, and that's a question I've. I think, I've, she did, I think in Kids, the vocals were heavier. She obviously did a lot more heavy, like heavy vocals. Like you can yeah, hear a lot of that. I think Reba like has like found like the singing voice, you know, to where they're using that in like a smart way. But I feel like especially like on that first release, like LP or whatever, it's the vocals to me feel very shared between everyone, which was cool. Like for like what. For that style, like I feel like, you know, you don't have a front person, so everyone's like, kind of doing their part, as a whole. You know, and I feel like a lot of the songs like had a lot of, um, I guess, like vocal bombardment. You know. Yeah. And I, I definitely, I definitely see that. Like, it just like, like I think, I think the switches between vocals was was like really cool. Like, I think just. Like you said, vocal bombardment with like just like we're gonna you know not a lot of heavy bands um, you know switch off like that unless they're like doing like supergroup shit like do um, like minority unit so like I like get out of breath yeah so I like I loved I love seeing like them just like everyone's like going at it when you have to do vocals like they you gotta fucking just you got to attack the fucking stage when you're doing like that much, um, that much, um, different vocal, like switching between vocals and that type of energy. You just got to fucking step out and fucking, that's like, I guess they have this certain formula where you have to fucking attack the stage and attack the mics. Yeah. Like a hundred, like a hundred percent. Um, and one thing I th- I think I said about Code Orange and like when we talked a little bit was like I think it's the coolest thing that I'm not another band ever I've ever seen do is like just like make do a change like this and have maybe because I think what you said was like at the time like when they were touring and just switched their like literally switched their like set set list overnight to all like basically all new material like they only all the the tour they did with like terror and bane and yeah it might 2014 that was between june and may of 2014 yeah because um when i saw them on that tour they were playing stuff off the first lp they played stuff off that one three-way split and I remember the song, they had a video for it, I forget the name of it, but um, even that song was like, at least to me, it's like substantially like heavier and more like mosh oriented. And I remember like when they played that, like that stood out to me way more. They did some interview, do you remember when like Run For Cover used to do all those YouTube videos? Yeah. I mean, they might still do them. I don't know, but um, they did. I want to say they did an interview with them, and they talked about metalcore a bunch on the interview. Yeah. So like when they dropped "I Am King," like to me, I was like, "Well, this is definitely not that weird, actually, at all." 
And then, but like, going back to what you're talking about with set lists, like, I remember seeing them when they were touring for that record, and I think they only played one song off Love is Love, maybe two. Yeah, they like literally flipped the switch. Like, so, like, you talked about, like, that at that point, they might have had a little teaser, but I'm like, dude, a teaser of a breakdown could be anything, dude. Like, like, so it's like, it's hard to go off of like 30 seconds of a breakdown to know what you're going to, what you're going to get from a band. Like the yeah. rest could literally be crap, but like it's it, the response to unreleased music was insane. And I've never seen that from a touring band ever. Like you see that for like, you know, local support when they're like, you know, their friends are moshing to music that they don't know because they haven't, they don't have the money to record yeah. music yet. And that's a hundred percent different. But, um, this being a band that was starting to like, really like heat things up and they were, and they were really starting to go places at this point, like unreleased music usually doesn't usually gets head nods, not people knock the fuck out. Like, I was people were like I was randomly in Florida at that point. I was in Orlando and I caught their set with Bane and there's literally a dude in the middle of the pit smoking a cigarette and grabbing people and throwing them. And that scared the shit out of me. That's tough. <laughs> That's he was at a wife beater. He's just smoking a cigarette and like Anytime someone even came near him, he would just f- knock him the fuck out or pick him up and throw him. And this is like a dude that was reaching seven foot. And I was like in the high sixes. And I was just like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> but like the music was making people go f- fucking bananas. Maybe, maybe they were just standing there waiting for the terror set. No, terror wasn't terror wasn't um, actually at that one. Uh, um, they switched, they switched around their, uh, they switched like things like it was code orange, then Bane and then like give opened up. So it was a weird, That's a we- weird cool, show. Weird. It was a cool, yeah, it was cool. Weird. So I'm like, I was like, give with code orange kids. Oh, that makes sense. And then I was like, give with this. Holy shit. The vibe changed so fucking quick. Like, but it was, it was fun and memorable. And obviously they also did that, uh, this is hardcore set that year. And it was, that video is fucking sick. It's just, it's just insane. And then to go on, like, you know, I've 2014 was an interesting year too. Cause, um, you know, bands were, were just like, like starting to edge into the territory of what like is like the current like pure noise records lineup of bands like sanction and like there were you know the early starts of that like bands like blistered um what there weren't there weren't a ton of we'll say metalcore revival yeah sounding bands like i feel like they're the ones too especially that like Sound was coming back, back into Vogue. That was really, like pulling out. Like to me, it's like the Norma Jean riff. Yeah. You know? 
And it was like that and was like, the be- that was like the kind of the beginning the the first rumbles of that. Like there were bands like that. Axis was start was kind of just like starting. Yeah. Um, there was uh, Pol- honestly, you know who I feel like was doing that, like the first revival band doing that, like way before everyone, at least that I can think of, was Oblivion. I would say they they had the. Uh, yeah, they had the rumble. They just they were just vi- so much more like kind of dronier and caveman that they didn't that people just like and they were so low radar that no that no one remember, paid attention. I remember when their demo, I think I found I think I saw the demo on the V Network. That's where I like picked it up. But I remember um I forget the name of the song. It was on the I think it was the second song on the demo that had like the fucking like Norma Jean type mosh part on it. But it was like slow and like I remember at the time just being like, yo, fucking no one plays this type of music right now, like at all. Like oh, this yeah. is cool. Like, well, cause like they were they were like a band that was re was introducing the kids in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten to disembodied. Like a hundred a hundred percent, because it was like I think at that point, even, like, even the tone that they had was like very disembodied. Like, I'm but, gonna be um, I'm gonna be honest. I like did not. I wouldn't allow myself my Christian. I wouldn't allow my Christian ass to listen to disembodied because I was Christian. Devil, devil rock, they say. But now I'm like, the the devil has me. Anyways, continue with what you were gonna say, Dev. But no, just like, I remember when I Am King came out, like, like you'd have like, so you have like Blizzard and like Axis and like bands like that. And it was definitely like reminiscent of like good, like early 2000s, like metalcore. But I feel like the I Am King like kind of took that style and was just like, okay, well, like, we're going to take specific mosh parts and riffs and just like amplify that like way the fuck more than anyone else is doing, you know, where I feel like, cause I feel like the other bands, like, like Axis, like, I think I saw them that year too, like play a house here and it was fucking tight, but I was like, there's a lot of stuff going on. And like, this is a little bit, I guess harder to mosh to. Whereas like Code Orange, like I'm King was like, they made it simple. They simplified what they did. And that's what like brought a broader, like hardcore and metal fan base um, to them. Cause it's really easy. Like to, uh, it's something that's kind of easy to digest. Just like when, you know, Hatebreed got more popular, like it's, it's metal and hardcore that's easy to digest for someone who doesn't necessarily um, listen to that music. What's crazy too is like, I'm looking at the track listings for that record right now. And like, realistically, like it doesn't have like, when we're talking about the first record and like looking at the track listing, now I'm like remembering all these songs a lot more. This song, this record really isn't like super, super like, breakdown like there's a lot of breakdowns but it's like to me i am king is almost like a big outlier on that record compared to a lot of the other songs 
Like, they all have, like, mosh parts, and they're all heavy, but, like, that one, like, stands out to me way different than, like, everything else on the record. I definitely agree. It, But uh, overall, yeah, like, and you can hear, like, like just, like, I mean, listening to some of the middle of this record, like, where you hear still some of the same shit that they were doing um, yeah. in the previous record, the previous uh, 2013 release um, when they were Code Orange Kids. So it's like they hadn't, they they definitely took a turn, but there's still like, there was still a lot of elements there. And to me, like, it got a little more, not, not to say that it's like melodic, because it's, I mean, they have like the slow songs that are like, Dreams and Inertia is obviously like melodic, but um, I feel like a lot of songs, like, they just got more tight, tight-knit as, like, songwriters and as, like, a band, that the songs are, like, flowing better, and that, like, they're not having to necessarily, like, cram as many parts into a song, or, like, just, like, things are a little more in tune, if that makes sense. I can, I can definitely see that, and... And it's another thing going back to the last time we we talked about all this. Like, this is a band um, I always rather see live than I I don't mind listening to them in in a um, recorded setting or in the car sometimes. But still, I'm I they are just a great live band. They have a type of during this period, like. Yeah, like they have, I don't want to say they have a great controlled energy that is chaotic yet professional. I don't want to use like star power, but they kind of have that like star power that pe- that other bands that some other bands kind of like lack. And it just might become just from their just raw energy that they just like they're proficient with their instruments, but they also just uh leave it out there all out there on the stage well i think especially so during that time period <coughs> during that time period you have sorry I'm... I had a brain fart. Oh, during that time period everyone was so hyped on them that like their sets were fucking nuts like they're definitely a band that could have feedback and kids would be like whooping each other's ass and then um not having a front person, I feel like, is a challenge in itself. So you have, I feel like, I feel like in a weird way, you'd almost have to, okay, well, we have to, like, definitely show these people that, like, we don't need to have, like, an actual front person to, like, get everyone engaged and, like, involved and, like, feeling it that way. And so I feel like from that, they're bringing much more energy. And then, um, I forget what inter- I was listening to some interview with them one time, and um, just about them kind of being like perfectionists or something, and how like their sets and like playing in a live setting, it's like not rehearsed in the sense that like it's scripted, but very like professional and like they can they're not gonna fuck up and it's gonna sound really good and like taking it very seriously and like professional from that side of things. So I think that like when they go off, it has like a very like it's very deliberate in what they're doing, you know? Yeah, I I definitely I definitely like like I said, it's it's definitely 
intentional and they're intentional what they do but they also like they do it in a way that they don't like like it looks like they don't give a fuck and it's just like and a lot of bands like at that time can you name a like a band in that like section of heavy music that really gave a crowd that type of that type of energy no specifically in like hardcore like and that's like some something that sometimes drew me when i was younger to like you know christian music because there were bands like the chariot who like just fucking fucked up the stage and i was like there i i found zero like like uh, like the there was more crowd participation than like bands really doing in hardcore but i like i still like loved it like like because everyone in the crowd was doing shit but like it it still is cool to like watch a show and have people uh, have the people on the stage having like that much you know that much fun like specifically with heavy music because there was you know there's obviously a lot of the punk bands and youth crew and people like giving giving energy and jumping all over the stage but like well i definitely feel like yeah with like heavier hardcore it's a lot of you might have like one person in the band going off but it's much more of like a kind of you either stand in your spot or you kind of have like your little like circle that like you kind of like move around a little bit but even then it's like usually nothing like super crazy whereas i feel like they were especially considering they're all they were all doing vocals besides goldman going off a lot and i think the fact that he wasn't doing vocals like he would go, he like always pacing around the stage and swinging his bass every which way and yeah like uh, so kind of moving forward and further into code orange to just a couple years ago like when they came out with forever like that was like the point where it's like okay this band is big as fuck Cause like they're like I saw them with uh, I saw them in Portland. At, I think I I went with some friends to the show and uh, there was just hella metal dads, like the like the guys that you like with bald heads. Yeah, they're like the Hatebreed show. Yeah, bald bald heads, Scott Ian t- style beards, um, with like. Usually they're wearing the ba- they're wearing the band they're wearing band merch that they bought at the show with cargo shorts. They get mad and people mosh into them. Yeah, and they get and they usually cause some shit, like yeah, like because they this is their first time experiencing something like this because it because this band is pulled from a scene that they are a hundred percent unfamiliar with. There's yeah. this guy here that everyone calls a Capri Dead. Because he's way older, he has a. I think I want to say he has a big ass hate breed chest tattoo, but he only goes to those really big, like any anytime like hate breed plays in town, he'll be there or like, uh, like you know, quote unquote hardcore band of that level, he'll always be there. He's got their whatever band's playing. He's got their merch on, and um, he always gets fucking pissed when anyone moshes into him and like freaks out and like makes a whole thing out of it. But, um, I know exactly what type of person that you're describing. And was that the tour with war hungry or is that a different one? No, this was with, uh, what was the fucking band? Lifeless. 
Oh, I remember that tour. I think I went to Salt Lake. I, um, I think Charlie went to that, actually. Yeah, I... Um, dude, I I went to, what was it, Homegrown and got food poisoning. Um, I haven't Let's... been I haven't been to Homegrown since. So. I've actually never been there, but I definitely know what it is. It's... It's vegan barbecue. It's pretty good. Like I had it one, I had it um, like when I went through when I went through with a with a band on tour like 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 the year before, and I was like during the summer it was good, but I was like this was like end of January, and we went and got the food and like ate it in the car, and I was just like by the time we got to the show, it's like oh I feel like absolute shit. And I'm like, I can't do any type of barbecue food before a show, like, um, you know, it's a real, it's a real toss up if it's gonna like fuck your stomach up or not. Yeah, I think um, I went to another um, show with Odd Man. It was Odd Man Out was on tour, and a couple other bands were on tour, like. A year later and I was like everyone went to homegrown and I was like nope not fucking happening I'm not going actually I think it was six months after this specific show I was like no I'm you I'll get something else because I'm not I'm not doing it you're not tricking me again like <laughs> but like I was holding my stomach in line I've and I was like I felt bad pretty much the whole night but like hearing like the stuff like that I was just like, oh man, I'm surrounded by some idiots. The idiots are now coming to the code orange shows, and I'm like, this is not good. Like, there was some dude who's like, I, w- I like the song that has the power chords that go, and I was like, that's not what those are. <laughs> and then it was like, it was like, somebody was like, you know, you're at a metal concert when you smell the devil's lettuce. And I'm just like, no. I was like, these are the comments to the line to Ozfest, not a code, not code orange. I was like, this shouldn't be happening. I remember the last big show that I went to, like that here. I mean, it was years ago at this point, but I was in line. There's people like that, and this dude ended up almost stabbing me with a knife. Because I got an argument with him. And he was like, some super drunk, like, normie dude. And, like, um, I think it was at Suicidal Tendencies and Terror and Trash Talk Tour. Oh, that's kind of a dope tour. Uh, that, tour that show was fucking sick. But, um, yeah, that's why at this point, those big shows, like, I'll just get there late just so I don't have to, like, deal with, like, that weird, like, just social interactions and, like, overhearing people. Because, like, that shit, that shit shouldn't, like, bum me out, but usually, like, it just does. Like, no one's trying to have, like, a bad time, you know? They're not, like, no one's, like, trying to be, like, annoying or, like, weird or whatever, but it's just, like, fuck, like, I just want to watch the band play. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I, man, I want to, I want to say a listen, I want to do a listen, folks, here, but I'm just, like, that I'm not, I, I really am not trying to like you know harp on anybody's good time and if you are like listening to this if you're listening to this and you are strictly like a code orange fan and you don't know any and you haven't listened to any hardcore that's fine i just like listen to some hardcore just maybe you start yeah start doing start doing that it's 
that's cool too. And and like most people are respectful of the fact that there are differences and that, you know, you know, some people don't know what's going on and some people do. Like and I feel like that's been the hardest it's the it's an age old battle and it's of of trying to bridge that gap between metal and hardcore and and like more mainstream metal fans and it sometimes sometimes works sometimes does not my my feelings at this point are if you've ever lived in a smaller town you want as many people to come to a show as possible and you don't give a shit about like weird scene politics or like this and that shows like you know what I mean like ultimately you just want to have a good time and like the more people at the show, the more the band's going to get paid. Potentially those kids might like it and start coming to other shows. Like, that shit's sick. But then if you're in a bigger city, it's much easier to be like, you know, fuck these people. Like, go to your OzFest type shows. Like, this is a hardcore show or whatever. Like, I don't know. And especially as I get older, I'm just like, I don't fucking care. Like, and if you're I just want as many people to have a good time as possible. You know, and there's people that are just not going to be interested to like your friends but if you have a friend like that's at work or something that shares a general interest like who's like i want to know more like and you're a generally nice guy you know go ahead and you know show them show them some music take them to the show do if you are that person there are people that aren't that aren't that people and that's and that is totally fine but i mean you don't have you don't if you don't need to be a dick and you can be and you can be a nice person and like have conversations and show other people like different styles of music and shit. Like fucking do it, man. We're in a yeah, goddamn, remember. we're in a goddamn quarantine. Let's like, this is the best time to got to, uh, to like expand your horizons. If you've been like working all the time, like you can, this is a great time to deep dive into some records. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what I've been like trying to tell people lately. Like, getting a little like off topic from code orange just like you know there's lots of cool stuff that like when you're busy you know maybe you haven't had like the actual time or attention to sit down with these like bands or like albums or like songs or whatever and like listen to them whereas now you actually have the you have the time to do that so you might as well and um especially with like we'll say current or like newer active bands like whenever you know all this crap hopefully dies down or whatever um and they start trying to like tour again or play shows like you'll be much more on top of it at the same time like you're gonna like i feel like people are gonna want like or hope not say want they're gonna hope that their shows back are like cool and like people are more not appreciative but like Okay, it's kind of like funny, but like tours will come through places and people will skip it because they're busy or or they or they just don't feel like it. You know, like oh, well, that's cool. Like I'll catch them the next time. Whereas now, like oh fuck, every fucking show and fest is like canceled right now or like postponed. To where people are probably definitely looking back, being like, well, fuck, like I really should have just gone to that show. To where if people have time to get better acquainted with music, they they might not have checked out or like given a deep listen has your chance to do that so when you once shows start happening again like 
you can like go off more or like just have a better time and like be more familiar and take advantage of those opportunities versus potentially skipping them because you're busy. Yeah, and also like for the people who are low income, like this is like like when you do have more money or like want to like you can go to like go support like some of those those smaller specifically those smaller touring bands that are only like going to be five to ten dollars to get in the door like that's just like that would be a huge time when like everyone's going to be making a financial adjustment at the end of this oh yeah so that's like that's a great that's a great thing like you can't afford to go to the go to the fest but maybe in a month you might be able to go to the you know to the next fucking um tour like the time and pressure or gel or a cool band like that is is doing fucking do it especially because some of those bands can't tour all well gel's touring i like a lot more but like some bands can't tour all year long so when they do do a tour go check it out like this is a great reflecting time like i said like to get to get acquainted like Listen, you know, I'm not trying to too, like to self-promote too much, but like if you're listening to this right now, you can listen back and there's a ton of music and a ton of those bands that are on this that play on this podcast and people I've talked to just this year were were and still are planning on touring, so check it the fuck out. Um I'm very uh, glad we didn't buy our plane tickets yet. Yeah. Cuz yeah. um we can talk we'll we'll do some more general talk on a we're gonna i think we're gonna do another one at some we're you and me are gonna do another one at some point so let's we'll let's get back on the on the code orids and then we'll talk more about other shit forever yeah so if we have forever that that was an so we're back on the we're back on the forever 2017 like specifically for this bridging scenes bigger tours more like I feel like it's a whole their band got way more professional and like I'm, they're on Roadrunner at this point yep right? this is this was the yeah. this was this was this is the beginning of the Roadrunner years so just from like um the rollout for that I remember they had like the Times Square ads a bunch um not very many bands like hardcore bands are doing music videos that aren't like montage of like live stuff and like mosh clips, you know, like they're doing actual, like they had music videos on the other record, but this record, I feel like it's much more of like what, like at this point is like their aesthetic, you know, going down the more like animation, like kind of like, more aggressive tool is kind of what it reminds me of like little tool videos. Yeah. I can definitely hear like that type of, that type of vibe. And like, they also had the, uh, their first type of kind of like almost radio esque song, um, on this record that was like all pretty much singing the entire time. Song fucking rocks. It's actually pretty good. And I think, no, it I like love when they do shit like that, like that's, at this point, that's usually what I lean into more, and but. that's what it like, and that's what it really like. Um, 
I'm trying I'm trying to think of exactly what I would say what I would say like that was that's the um what it exactly sounds like what do you think I'm not I'm I'm not drunk I mean this is like it's not meant as like a slate or anything but it almost reminds me of like a heavy of when they were like say at adventures you know like a heavy adventures yeah cuz like it's super catchy Reba's doing like the singing it's very like it's like all rock but the difference like adventures had a much poppier sound whereas like these songs sound have a very like somber tone to them still yeah like because everyone's comparing like the newer stuff like to a nine inch nails i would say maybe there's a little bit of like a kind of like a slower like you said heavier adventures like a slower maybe like kind of a typo um vibe going on with that like specifically maybe with that song there's like a little off top okay so like especially with the new record if like it gets a lot of nine inch nails nods I only hear it on one song for the most part. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's such an easy comparison that people like to make. Oh, it's like industrial and like it has like electronic elements and it's weird. But like, at least to me, like I like Nine Nails a lot. And I feel like outside of like their radio stuff, a lot of their shit's just fucking weird. And it's a lot of noise and stuff that isn't like catchy or it's like the first record that like Pretty Hate Machine is like, a little catchier and more like industrial setting, but then like some of the in-between records are just weird. And then they almost turned into like, um, almost like electronic post-rock, like lo-fi type stuff towards the end. Yeah. And like some people made yeah. some, made some nods if we're jumping this far to like, to fear factory. And that's I'm, what I think it sounds like. And I definitely hear some hear some more stuff as like some person said like it doesn't, but I'm also I'm like, this is this comes from back to what I was saying. Like they pull from so many different things that there is like a basic formula there for what they're doing, but they're also pulling so many little things in, in think, to what they do. I think that we'll just kind of jump ahead because who cares? Um, I think the new stuff definitely sounds like old Fear Factory, like the manufacturer, like era Fear Factory through like a hardcore lens as well as like pulling in like the new record has way more like fast punk sounding parts to me than the last couple of records did. Which is cool. There, there was like so. I did a video that looked fucking stupid, um, where I was like, I heard a part. I was like, I was not. It was one of the song. It was one of the songs like closer like middle to end, and I was like, holy shit! I was like, I wasn't even. I, there was like a part that was really like more hardcore influence than I was expecting, There's and I was definitely like, like circle pit parts. Where I'm I, like, oh, that's like. It was like a really two steppy style song, and I was like, this was not what I was expecting at all. It had a really like kind of a hate breed vibe and I was just like, what's I was like it just came out of nowhere for me. They're like it's sick. Going back to Forever, I feel like to me that one was intentionally made to be like abrasive to listen to and like kind of unhinging. Like I like that record a lot, but like in terms of, like, 
Because I feel like most of their records are definitely, like, meant to be listened to as a whole, like an actual, like, album. And I feel like Forever definitely was, like, done... I could be totally wrong, but it feels like it was purposefully done to be, like, a little strange and, like, not as, like, flowy. Like, it flows in the sense that it is an album, and, like, you can tell that all this shit was, like, deliberate. Yeah. But almost like it's, like trying to be the antithesis of that little like kind of stop parts abruptly or like you know what I mean like it it was just weirder and like I liked that I thought it was like cool and I appreciated that like they were trying something different absolutely and like so moving kind of past forever we had the the 2018 2019 years of them doing random like singles and stuff with Corey Taylor and just like they were really that was when a lot of bands like randomly started like bands that I would have never thought would start talking about Code Orange started talking about them um, Five Finger Death Punch baby what? I remember I think Five Finger Death Punch was hyping them up at yeah one like seeing like and bands bands like that oh, there's there's another they, like the system of a down tour Oh yeah, um, the system of a down tour that was wild, and there is a band that's super like, uh, I can't, I can't, re- I can't remember what, I can't remember. It was just like it was a super, um, butt rocky band with a female vocalist that just didn't like. They're super big, and it didn't. I was just like, it. It somewhat kind of sounds like. Hailstorm? Yeah, Hailstorm. The only reason why I know that is because one of my neighbors, when they first moved in, were like, oh, you're in a band? And I was like, oh, yeah. And like, oh, what do you guys sound like? I don't know, like punk, I guess. Like, it's cool. And then she's just like, have you ever heard of Hailstorm? And I was, like, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I don't know who that is. I'm going to be honest. And she was like, you're joking. You know who they are. And I was like, no, I really don't. But I was like, should I check them out? Are they good? and then she was just like oh they're awesome they, it, they play the kind of stuff you play and I was like oh cool I'll be sure to check it out <laughs> <laughs> they did not know what you play <laughs> dude it's and then I got well I'm gonna go real off topic this is just a funny story that's worth sharing so one day I was outside and like I think they had some friends over or something and they were just like hey we want to listen to your band like can you pull it up on our like do you guys have like a Facebook page or, like, and I was like, oh, yeah, we're on, like, Spotify, like, Bandcamp, like, Apple Music, all that stuff. And then she's like, well, Facebook, though. And I was like, yeah. And then I tell her the band name, and then she's trying to find it. And she's like, I can't find it. I was like, can I see your phone, and I'll just find it. And then, um, so I grab her phone, and I'm like, I'm just going to pull it up on, like, Bandcamp. Like, that's way easier. And so I open up an internet browser, and there was a bunch of very strange porn on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like like um I think it was like like high school student fucks like coach or something like that like something <laughs> like that and I'm like I was just like oh yeah here you go like my band. and then she was like definitely could I feel like she could tell that like 
I saw something, but like we're neither neither, neither of us are going to say anything. Did she not have any like, like facial? Did she not like show any like like fa- facial recognition for it? Did she just like literally? It was just like, an unspoken. Like it was like I don't know. And the thing that makes it really funny was my neighbor is definitely like probably in her like late fifties. <laughs> oh no! Like, does she like, want to be the coach? Oh no! I don't know. I was just like, oh, well, here you go. Like, check it out. Like, that's my band. And then she's like, okay, cool. Thanks, Devin. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll see you later. And I like walk back into our house. And I'm just like... <laughs> oh, but uh, going back to Code Orange, like, sorry, I'm just like, I'm, I, it's, it's hard for me to like, was it, wait, was this rejection packed or was this alone? Yeah. Oh, okay. This was, like, rejection. Cause like, <laughs> cause, like they're always outside their house during the, like all the time. And like, this was around the time that like we'd been doing some touring and stuff. So like the van was at the house a lot. And then like, I'd always be like, get, I was getting a lot of mail in for like boxes of like merch and like records and shit, like on the porch and like, Oh yeah. mail came. Like we watched it for you. I'm like, Oh, thanks. But, um, I remember during that time too, back to code orange, um, didn't they do like a music video that premiered on Cartoon Network? Or uh, like that? Or like Adult Swim. Yeah, one of them. It was it was on the it was one of the ones that was uh that was on that like three song thing that they did. I might have been might have been the one featuring Carrie Taylor. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. That's one that I'm not like sure so like super sure of. I was a little tuned. I'm not gonna lie, I was like a little tuned out during those years, not like just personally. And because it was like, not my, not a hundred percent, like my vibe. And it was like, some of the songs kind of clashed with what I was playing on dead air. So I was just like, eh, it was, it was, uh, so I'm, um, but yeah, I know one of their videos did make it on there for sure. I, during that period of stuff, like, I didn't dislike it, but it just didn't really grab me. Like, there are songs on Forever that, like, I was, like, immediately hooked. I'm like, okay, this is, like, definitely what I want. And then with these songs, I was like, yeah, this really, like, it's not bad. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not mad about listening to this. I didn't, like, turn it off, but... At the same time, listening to it, just being like, yeah, I don't know if I'm actually going to go back to this again. Like, this just isn't, like, this isn't for me, nor do I think that's who it's, like, aimed at, you know? Yeah. And then, um, they tore a bunch, and then they kind of, they did, I know they did the WWE thing. Yeah. Which is cool. And that was, and, um, that was a, that was an interesting, like, thing too. Like, um, I mean, it wasn't in, like that crazy because once, um, the, they did the thing with, um, helped with the incendiary, um, yeah. thing and did, and did that, um, for Alistair Black. And that was really cool. They also, like, this, this one, this one, the the newer entrance theme that they did uh, last year, um, 
Sorry, I'm like I'm getting distracted because I'm doing some texting too. But like, um, are you up with all the Joe Biden news? It's good stuff right now. Oh, I don't. I'm. I don't know. Fuck that. I'm just. <laughs> I'm making sure my my roommate has an Uber home. Um, <laughs> I remember. I feel like a big thing that was going on around them too is like, because whenever they would do interviews and because they were playing a lot of those like. Like open air, like those type of big festivals, you know, and um, and interviews, just like really honing in on like the narrative of like were the new breed of bands like these old bands like they had their time like see you later type of a thing. Yeah, and, and being very like, I don't think they ever come off as like cocky coffee or like um arrogant but i used, i definitely did see people kind of like resonating with that and being like oh well, like i don't know and like um it's kind of like aggressive and i don't get it but at the same time like if you really look at it what was the last like we'll get on to this later actually but um i kind of feel like to like really position yourself in that world that's something that you have to do. Yeah. Like, I kind of look at, like, so you have, like, Noctilus and you have, like, Code Orange. Noctilus has a very, like, inclusive, like, fun, like, it's super heavy, but a very, like, fun, like, almost, like, we'll, we'll get really simple, like, Noctilus is Zoomies, and Code Orange is, like, Hot Topic. Dude, I completely... Like, that I agree with that like a hundred percent. Like Zoomies and Hot Topic, like both are cool, but it's like you definitely have like each of them has a very specific like niche that they fit. Because I kind of think if you're like a weird kid, like maybe that everyone let's like all have like a fun time, like that just vibe might not necessarily appeal to you. Yeah. Or like being like. Um. Like shy or just not wanting to like be super social or like everyone like singing along and stuff whereas you can go to, like Port Orange Town and it's like okay these are a bunch of fucking weirdos here and like people are pissed off and like getting like a different type of like aggression and whatnot and I think like the way that they were conducting themselves especially in like interview format and playing those bigger festivals like to a kid like that that has to me that would be like Yo, this is sick. Like, I remember growing up, I was much more of, like, a Hot Topic kid. Yeah. And that would have been, like, super feeling of being, like, oh, this band is, like, saying, like, some real shit. And, like, I agree with that. Like, hell yeah. Like, that's cool. Um, So kind of just going back a little bit to, like, we were t- I was talking about, like, the Corey Taylor, the Hailstorm shit. And, like, because, like, it's, 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 like, no, like, mystery that like in and there's like people like Finn McKenty and stuff like that talking about like just like you know popular rock and like the decline of popular rock so like in like mainstream media and like I think like at this point like they're like some bands were kind of see that like all the old people are kind of complaining too much and and looking for the um and are always looking for the nostalgia. So it's like, 
So I think like some of those bands that are still like popular are like still are like looking to, you know, keep the genre alive in some way. So I'm like to uh so like hyping up like the first band that's doing something remotely interesting that they haven't heard in a while, I think was like kind of like a move. Oh yeah. Like cuz I was like like cuz it was like definitely it's still hella stagnant for in the world of radio rock but like they saw code orange and like and they saw the energy and they're like this is something that you know that they want in you know contemporary metal and i'm like let's uh let and saw so many young people into it when most young people are not into like most like radio contemporary rock so like so like i'd it's no wonder why Hailstorm and other people were shouting this band out. Oh yeah, and I feel like I know there was like some Axigrain episode. It was like probably years ago at this point. We were talking about like guitar music kind of being dead for younger people and being like, well, no shit. Why do you like people getting into like SoundCloud rap and whatnot? Like that seems like way more fun and much more like youthful versus like some like old. We, rock band, you know what I mean? Yeah, we don't need like fucking old man yelling at cloud rock music. No, <laughs> like it's <laughs> that's basically what it is. Because anytime something remotely new comes out from like one of the bigger rock labels, like all it is 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 people like literally calling it shit. Well, even like thinking like um, so I'm trying to think of like um. I remember growing up, like, being into, like, Slipknot or, like, bands like that. They, like, they seemed older, but not, like, you can... crazy older. And then I remember, like, when I was getting into, like, more, like, punk and hardcore, like, that being super appealing. I was like, oh, wow, these bands are, like, not much older than me at all. Or they're, like, the same age as me. Like, that's cool. Like, to where I can see, like, a young person with, like, Code Orange, like, even though they've been a band for so long, they're actually not that old. And, like, being able to connect with it much more versus, like, yeah, Korn's cool, but these dudes are, like, 50 years old. Like, who cares? Yeah, like, that's, like, going to some, like, other pop... Like, they talked about, like, um, just, like, bands, like, it doesn't... Who cares that Korn is being... Or Slipknot's being talked about again, or Slipknot made it in Billboard, like that's still bands that are super fucking old and established. Like that's not doing yeah. anything for new music. It's not pushing the community. I don't, I don't know if I would consider that it's not like a real community in the sense, but like it's not doing anything to push it forward. Whereas like, that's one thing that I love about hardcore is like, it's got so, most, most of the time it's like such a short window, you know, that like, if you're in a band, yeah, that could potentially suck. If you're like, because it can take a minute to like even get anyone to give a shit. Yeah. But at the same time, like, that's one thing that is super exciting about it is like, you're never gonna like not be able to find like new bands or um, even if it's like a sound that's not in vogue, you can still find bands like playing a sound that you want because there's always like new bands. And that's like, like what they talk about like in like other podcasts about just like in shows and everything about like how diverse like some of like 2019 
was with just like there's there's something for everyone. It's and, tight. Like um, a lot of my friends that I would say dropped out of hardcore. It was because whatever. I mean, partly like you know they're being lazy and that that's stupid. But at the same time, I feel like for a minute you could definitely tell like certain sounds were much more like this is what's kind of um, pulverizing the scene, if you will. Whereas I feel like the last year or two, especially like there's quite a bit of different styles of hardcore that are like all fairly or very popular. I a hundred percent, I have a hundred percent agree with you on that. And that like, um, so I kind of feel like that's also bringing like older dropout people kind of back a little bit too, is being like, yo man, like hardcore is still sick. Like there are tons of cool bands. Like maybe in a sense now it's a little easier to like find like that more diverse sound. But at the same time, I do think that like we were saying, there are more bands that are getting popular that aren't just all playing the exact same style of hardcore. I'm and I'm like, that brings us like, I'm already getting ideas for our next, like our next episode, just from some of this like talk right now. But, um, I a hundred percent like agree with you on that. Um, going to just a little bit, um, to like, it's also with the wrestling fans, like that, I feel like that's like the last like alternative, like platform on like, at least on television that like supports like any type of like heavier alternative music. So I'm like, so I'm like, I'm all for that in some sense. Cause like, I know so many fa- like friends who are like, don't go to shows anymore that are like fully like supporting of like, of like wrestling and also independent wrestling too. Like, um, like the same, like the same league that, uh, that Brody King just like got out of like this last year before he started like doing more professional things. Like, yeah, there's a lot of cool, like, hardcore and metal people like putting together like cool like some of, my, some of my friends here actually have a wrestling podcast and they're all or not all of them some of them are we'll say hardcore kids even though they're not kids but yeah i consider um my good friend kevin Deers a hardcore kid even though he's older than me and he uh you know he founded this show and now does metal shop but like does a lot of um does a wrestling podcast as well. And like, that's his, like, that's his other, like, like he's a big fanboy of metal, but he's also like huge with like wrestling. And I, like, I still think like, that's that like type of, um, those, those two things, worlds coming together keeps, you know, some people who have, uh, been out of that music still into it in some way, be like, okay, they're, looks like there is some cool stuff going on when, um, and I know that's helped like wrestling has helped incendiary huge. Like with that, with that bringing a lot of people into with that intro alone, bringing a lot of people into that band. Well, especially if you're like a fan of just aggressive music in general, you don't really, you're not concerned about like weird subgenres and things like that. And if it just sounds like heavy and aggressive, you're like, yo, this is sick. And Incendiary is one of the best current bands doing that. So 
For real. Um, and then so basically that leads us to the end to today to right now. Like, um, I have a couple of, like questions after after like we finish this like uh yeah talking about this record but um yeah going going into going into the to the latest record underneath literally just came out i've been waiting for this to come out until doing this because once the first like couple songs came out i was like i was very interested in in what kind of in what turn this was going and what this was going to sound like because like the first two I'm not going to lie, like, the swallowing the rabbit hole, it annoys the shit out of me that they fucking, like, it sounds like the fucking CD is skipping. I know what you're saying. And it sounds like the fucking Wi-Fi lagged. Like, like, intentionally. Like, there's a part in the song where it just, like, just, like, seems like there was a bit fucking cut out. And I was like, fuck this. I did not like that. I was like, that is not what I want to hear when I'm driving. Cause I'm like, Oh, I must be, I must be, um, I must be hitting Kent again because I can't, cause I, cause I, I think the song just went out and then it goes back. And I was like, I, I thought that was a dumb, that was in my opinion, a dumb like thing to do. I remember when I first heard the first single, I was kind of like, yeah, this is cool. Like, I get what they're going for. I don't really think this is for me. And then, but I was like, let me give this another listen because I there's something there that's like weirdly getting stuck in my head. Yeah. And I listened to it a few more times. And I was like, okay, this song's actually really sick. Like, I didn't at the time. I was kind of like, I don't think the mosh part at the end of the song is necessary. But yeah. now knowing that that's like the last song on the record, that kind of makes more sense that they like would like have a heavy part be at the end, you know. But um, I think that's kind of smart that they released the last song as the first single, just in terms of like streams, you know. Like, I feel like a lot of people in the streaming era don't listen to a full record, or if they do, the track. The streams will kind of drop off as the album goes through. Yep, the same with like listening to podcasts. Like, yeah, like yeah, so I, <laughs> like seriously, towards the end of my show, I'm like, that's when like the last I see the last few people uh, lasted. <laughs> exactly, to where like putting like that out first and having it be one of like the songs. I was like, that's it. Honestly, from like a marketing, I guess, perspective, that's like pretty smart. Yeah, and. <sighs> A, a weird thing is like, I love how, like going to the internet, I love how chill they they are about things. Like they they're very vague, very like, you know, they don't they don't explain themselves a whole lot of how they do. They just like, they just tell people that this is just how it is and this is what happens. Yeah, and like, like obviously there's a lot more to them than that, but it's just like they it's don't they don't they don't get into it at all. When because people ask them those questions, like deeper questions, and they're just like, they don't, they don't, they're very chill, they're very like chill, and like I said, like really vague about it, and like almost like. Well, I feel like so like. One of their goals, I feel like, is clearly like 
be like that band for a lot of people, you know, and like, you know, out with the old and with the new, whatever, like that vibe. And one of the easiest ways to like potentially like lose people or just get people not to care is like being like people really feel like alienated a lot, you know, or like, oh, maybe like just getting in depth, like unless your band has like a specific agenda, like keeping things a little more like vague and mysterious is like almost the way to go, I think, because you're not going to like, you're being very inclusive from like not like being directly like that way, you know? Like, um, I forget, there was some interview with the singer Throwdown years ago when they kind of stopped the whole, like, straight-edge aspect of the band when they were trying to, like, do the whole Pantera thing, you know? And he was talking about, like, oh, and we, like, we play these straight-edge songs, like, kids that aren't straight-edge, sometimes I've been told, like, they don't feel welcome or they feel like this music isn't for them when it is just, like, just because you're not straight edge, it doesn't mean this music isn't for you and you can't, like, you're not allowed, like, you're still allowed to, like, be here and, like, enjoy it and have fun and, like, whatnot to where I kind of feel like keeping, like, your interviews and keeping all that kind of just, like, yeah, we're a band, like, this is, like, our primary goal, like, just keeping it, like, as simple as that, I feel like, is an easy way to, like, get your, like, audience more into it and not feel, like, weird or, like, not welcome or anything like that yeah i know and i don't even know i know like there are a few members i don't know who's i know for a while there were an abundance of a good amount of the band was straight edge i don't know what that what that looks like these days for for code orange i think at one point um i don't know if it was when they were a five piece but i know when they were a four piece i want to say three of them were straight edge yeah, I know when they were when they were three. Yeah, like I said, they were like predominantly, uh, like not a straight edge band, but they were predominantly straight edge members. I think but, they talked about it in some interview where, like, I mean, I could be wrong, so like, I'm not saying this is like a quote, but I feel like Jamie said something to the effect of like, yeah, like Shade like smokes weed and like he's really fun, like when he smokes weed and like, I wouldn't want him to be anything different than that. Like that's just who he is. Like, that's cool. Like we don't want anyone to be anything that they're not. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck that. Don't force someone to be straight edge. That's dumb. Um, yeah. Like, so that brings us to, to now. Like, so I feel like this band has always been like, like they're hardworking, but they've, but there has been a little bit of luck, like being at the right place at the right time. Which ends us with the um, just this last weekend doing the live stream show during like just at the beginning of this outbreak um, for coronavirus, where like just the they led the forefront of bands doing like live stream shows. Now like there's I think there's there's some since then. Yeah, there's a bu- well. Obviously, the Chromax did one, which was really fucking funny. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I saw clip like and like screenshots and shit from it. Dude, Harley was like literally telling. He was like, "Show me those emojis." So fucking old. <laughs> but I don't know. It was it was funny. I'm like, I don't. I was like, is this gonna be me when I'm older? Might be, I don't know. I was like, 
I have no I have no clue, but it was it was it was entertaining to say the least. Um but like the production for that show was just amazing. Like for the code orange. Like just it, like the intertwining like graphics and like animation stuff with like the most I didn't watch the whole thing, I watched part of it. But um fucking wild and um Definitely, like, because I, I don't know. We'll say the venue cap on that place is, like, 3,000, okay? Or something like that. Because I think they had, like, 12,000, like, viewers or something like that. Like, that's insane. And obviously, I think a live show still would have done more. Just because, like, they are a, a live, in-person band. But at the same time, like, definitely took a positive out of a negative And, like, realistically probably reached a shit ton of people that might not have even heard of them before. Absolutely. Like I, well also just like during the time that it was perfect, like it was just right before pretty much most of, um, of the United States. Cause it was the night, the, like the night before, um, before like Washington and most other places did lockdown for most of yeah. the bar and service industry. Which was another like fifty per the other fifty percent of the people that that listen that listen to um, hardcore and metal. So, like, it was like kind of like perfect. Like now, there's like big bands now doing it, but like Code Orange, like they they knew and exactly what they were doing. You have to be a certain band. Like I always debate like. When we're at practice, like, oh, should I just throw on like an Instagram live and like people like people could hear some of our like new shit that we're writing or like would people find this like interesting or funny or whatever? And I'm just like, yeah, no one gives a shit. And if they do give a shit, like it's gonna come off super like just like hokey and like corny. Whereas like with them, it's like okay, this is clearly a very professional like this has been thought out and like put together in a way that's gonna not come off lame. Yeah. I know some smaller bands are thinking of doing that. And I'm like, could be interesting. I don't know. Depending on what way, what way you spin it, what way you do it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it, like at least for me in terms of what I would want to watch, it either needs to be a band that's playing a bunch of shit I've never heard, or they need to have like a lot of charisma or just be like very funny. It's gotta be fun. Cause if, if it's a like, new band, if it's a newer band, like, you got to fucking, if you're just doing a live stream from your goddamn garage, like you need to be hanging from the goddamn rafters of your garage and just like go fucking out. And I might be like, who the fuck is this band? But like, if you're going to just do your lot, like I know a lot of bands like there was a band. I somehow, I couldn't get them off my live feed, but it was because I was connected to a group. It was like a really bad, like, like classic rock band like of old dudes and like they were I feel every, like I know what band you're talking about. Every like Sunday or something they would have a they would do a they would do a live practice. I I am like ninety nine percent sure that I saw this one of these videos that it just popped up on my feed. Like And I couldn't I, get rid of it. I didn't know how every I just knew that somehow this stupid band was gonna end up on my feed. Um, there's also like, I know some bands like, like that used to do the same thing as well. Like 
Dude, oh, like I remember. Fuck, this was like twelve years ago at this point. I remember Altis did a um, a Q and A thing on Stick'em. Do you remember that? Site? I don't even know what that is. Twelve it was years. Like a video, like a video chat. Oh, Stick. Stuff. Okay, no, I remember the name, but I, oh, st- yeah. Now I know. Now I know what you're talking about, but I never used it. Same, but I remember I downloaded or whatever went to their website literally just to like, cause like. I was buds with them, and I was like, oh, this will be fun. Like, this will be kind of cool. I can, like, bullshit with them on this. And that'll be interesting, I think, maybe if fans now, like, I'd be more apt to, like, doing, like, that kind of stuff if you have, like, a very, like, so it's almost like a podcast interview format, but maybe doing it through, like, fucking PK from, like, self-defense and drug church and stuff, like, with all his videos, like, when he goes live, like, that shit to me is actually, like, interesting and, like, entertaining, like, asking people questions and like having conversations. I wonder if you'll see more bands starting to do that kind of stuff. That'd be be cool. I'm, I would do it, but I would just like, I I would, (laughs) I would just be so stupid. I don't think I, I don't think I have the the capacity or like to, to, to do that in front of three people. (laughs) I wouldn't be good at it, but I think that, uh, Nathan in our band and like Charlie maybe and like I think certain bands if you have like the right type of person who's really good like on the spot and like because I mean a lot of people will probably ask like a lot of the same kind of um, we'll say more generic questions or things like that so if you have someone in your band that can like come up with answers that are very like strange and unusual to like un to very like normal questions like that could be entertaining Versus like, oh, like, what are some cool shows you played and like, who are your influence, like stuff like that, like, that could get old really quick. But yeah, that's why I, I have a hundred percent like gone away from like a lot of like the normal like interview crap, like from what I used to do like on Dead Air back in the day, like, so I'm like, cause it's not it's not fun, like so it's just like, cause no just like oh what is it well you know influences blah 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 so i'm like so like a lot of that too is also dependent on like how creative or interesting your band is because it's like oh here influences madball <laughs> like hey free i don't need to hear age of coral cool, like, a million times <laughs> but if like you're pulling from like a more niche thing or like oh do something weird then that's at least a little more like interesting to like especially to that specific audience that might be listening to that yeah standout bands when i i'll i'll definitely dig some uh some different some you know for some different stuff like from there like i want to know when i'm like really like oh man this your sound is fucking tight and catchy i want to know what's going on definitely agree um so back to back to Code Orange. Like my mom actually watched some of that. And she's like, "That was really good." Like just like, like from the sound and production, she was like, "I'm not like a fan of that type of stuff." But I'm like, when I saw that and heard that that was like, you know, it took them forty. They did forty eight hours to get that all together. Like, I loved Jamie talking to like doing the Twitch mosh calls and like just being very, like, self-aware and, like, owning the fact that, like, okay, like, I'm talking to a fucking camera in an empty room. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, and I just think I was thinking that like that type of stuff is just like specifically what a lot of people needed at that time, right? At that oh, time, yeah. which like they're like they own they are like they take advantage of every moment. They're always they're working. Like they're young, like they're not like old. Like they get like I do I I. People have said this before, but I do agree that I think, like, a lot of kids in, like, hardcore are, like, definitely, like, early adopters of a lot of stuff. You know, like, um, even just, like, social media or, like, message boards or whatever. So I think, like, I mean, there's bands for every type of genre, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like bands haven't used Twitch before like that ever. Not like that, I've no. never heard of, like, a metal band or, like, an indie band. Or any like thing like that using that. My mom, my mom was like, I use Twitch to look at craft people. So I was like, so she was like, I'm super confused when I saw when I saw that, and I'm like, yeah, I was like, I I didn't use Twitch either before that point. Like, yeah, two of my good friends from work are super into like gaming and like Twitch and stuff, and um, one of my friends who we went and got lunch right like the next day after that and he was just like yeah man that was crazy like because he watched it and was just like that was ridiculously like big especially for like a hardcore band and like i know for a fact that there was like a lot of people on there that were just like on there because they saw it as like a recommended thing on twitch and um he was like oh you know like big streamers get like x amount of numbers so if you want to compare that to this he's like that was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's cool. That's it. Um, so I guess that leads up with our final questions. Um, is Code Orange at this point a more important band in hardcore or a more important band in music? I would say in music a lot. Like, definitely music. I think that... Um, so what like I watched their video from This Is Hardcore last year and I mean people watch them and kids are moshing but like it wasn't anything like crazy. Like just comparing like from when I Am King came out and like this the sheer insanity of that video to them headlining and playing this like it was like just a completely different vibe. And um, I think, it. I mean, there is like a, a fucking ceiling within like hardcore, you know? Yeah. And I think they hit for like that, for what their style, I think more than anything, I've kind of feel like they hit that. And then I don't think their goal was ever to just be like the biggest hardcore band. It was to be like the biggest, like, not, I shouldn't say the biggest, but I think their goal is literally to, like, break that ceiling, you know? And, um, like we've said before, like, pushing, like, pushing the olds out of the way, so to speak. And I think that with hardcore, it's very youthful, then you just have those old guy bands that aren't going anywhere. And I like a lot of those bands, but they have their their niche that they fit in, you know, things like that. 
But otherwise, it's just, like, a very, like, youthful, and most bands break up, to where um, the only other place you can go is, like, outside of hardcore. And at the same time, I think that they're going to be one of those bands that, like, definitely forever, like, no matter how big they get, I think they'll always, like, consider themselves, like, hardcore kids. And to where I think that they'll um, always, like, point back to, like, the hardcore scene. But I think they'll, I feel like they'll do a much better job than Jamie Josta does. That was, a, that was, a, that was like, a question I was getting, because, like, most of those bands, it takes it like the lines get blurred and the in the path kind of gets like overgrown with with you know that with forward um, with time and forward yeah. progress and just like with bands like that and like bands that st- steadily like you know like every time I die who had like would I would count as more of a hardcore uh, influenced band than a than a hardcore band but like. I would I'd say like before before that I would say they were more like they definitely like earlier on like the lines just kept on going more and more into like a band that that kind of nods to hardcore at some points but not but not really anymore. Yeah. So. yeah I think that I think they'll be more important to the bigger picture and I think that I feel like they'll, I feel like, I mean, I hope I'm not wrong. I feel like there'll be a band that like always comes back to hardcore. And I mean, the reaction, at least it seems from like the new record, is a lot of people in hardcore still fuck with them and still like them a lot. As with anything, like when you see it a lot, like I feel like they were so prominent in hardcore for a while that like. I don't want to say people got tired of them, but it was kind of like, okay, like, that's like, because most lifespans of hardcore bands isn't that long anyway, to be like, oh, that's cool, like, I'm ready for something new. And then, um, they kind of went away for a while, they wrote the record. But I almost feel like now if they came back, they'd have a much bigger reception than whenever they were, like, headlining This Is Hardcore last year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, like, I know, like, what it will have on impact on on hardcore people to to come like how how much will it get you know will will it lose people in the future and i think for a certain like age range it's going to really click like we'll, like charlie fucking loves this new record so much and he is a child of new metal and i know he's bought many um, he's bought a couple Slipknot shirts off me. Exactly. He like I think for a certain age range and like a certain type of like musical upbringing, if you will, I think this record will be very of that. And then I think you know people that maybe had a more traditional like punk roots or pop punk, you know, however they found their way into hardcore this might not necessarily be for them. And that's cool. I mean, I think in some respect, they will definitely always be remembered in, in one sense or another, whether it's from certain specific uh, moment in time or a, um, or a release. Um, There, there will always be something to look back on from, you know, from this band. 
Totally. So that is that's all I have for for Code Orange. That was that was pretty cool. That gives me a lot of ideas for a lot of future um stuff that we can do and um I hope you I hope you li- whoever's listening enjoys this. Um this brings a lot of different elements to the table because I want to like during this specific time, I want to do as many podcasts as possible, get as many um, things out for the listeners um, just like in general and just have, have more and more like pre-recorded stuff on top of, you know, doing a live radio show and stuff. So thanks for doing this dev. Thanks for having me. It was fun. That was cool. Um, I hope you, uh, I hope you have a, a safe quarantine. I bought a shit ton of food. I think we're still going to have band practice this week, tomorrow. I think we're going to try to write a lot of stuff during this, like, next bit, since a lot of our out-of-town stuff ain't happening anymore, so we have time. Because you were doing prom core, right? So I'm hoping that... I talked to the guy yesterday, and as far as he knows, it's still on, but he's like, you know, obviously, like... In my gut, I feel like it's going to end up getting canceled, but um, hopefully it doesn't. But he even said, worst case, he's like, I'm just going to postpone it. Like, it's not going to not happen. It just might have to be at, like, a later date. But, um, I mean, nothing anyone can really do. So it's like, at this point, I'm not really getting bummed out if stuff gets canceled. I'm just like, damn, this sucks. Like, that would have been really cool, but no sense in getting stressed about it because it's totally out of everyone's control. Yeah. Also, hearts go out to everybody like in my industry that I currently work with security and bar industry. Anybody who's listening, um, if you if you listen to my earlier, I had a podcast. I had a show with um, Akil from Mendit. We kind of we kind of put some jabs at the at the coronavirus at the first you know side of it, just because like people do freak and um, and I. And I just want to say that I do acknowledge if you if you were offended by that, I apologize. But I do think there also needs to be um, a middle ground between like being fearful well, I, and being logical. So I mean, like my girlfriend brought it up last night, but because she was like, "Do you remember people being this freaked out over like H one N one?" And I was like, "No." And she was like, "Same." And she was like, "I feel like." She's like, social media wasn't like, it was around back then, but you didn't have as many people that were on it and the types of people that were on it. I was like, now you have, you know, every idiot can get on Facebook and go get their information from some bullshit, like, obviously, like, not actually, like, fact-checked or whatever, Facebook page. And then, like, fear sells, and people just love to be scared, and that's their way of, like, coping with it, is, like... And it sucks. Making it it shitty, like, oh, this fucking look at the blah, 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 and it's like, yeah, that might be fun to you, but that's actually probably going to freak someone else out. So, like, just... Okay, like... Yeah, like, with the shutdowns in San Francisco, and, like, also with, um... Just, like there is a possibility that some things will get, you know, will be quarantined for eight weeks. There's a, there's, there's a good possibility for some places, but that's not an 
indefinite thing at all. Yeah. And a lot of people were trying to tell people that you will be, if you're in a bar, you're out of work for eight weeks. I'm like, that's not a hundred percent true. It, but it is a possibility, but it's not, that is not fact at all. I'm just, I'm just kind of like, do you want to read the, like, if you come across something like this, should you read it? Yeah. It's, you know, knowing, knowing more doesn't hurt. And even if it might be wrong, it's good just to read different perspectives. I think just to like, see how fucked something potentially is or whatever. But, um, you don't, ne- you don't need to be like pushing all of that crap out there. And it's, but it just becomes a huge fucking echo chamber. And it's just like, yeah, we get it. Like all you're doing is freaking people out. And then um, people that are already like having a hard time, it just makes it worse for them. And like just consistently reinforces like, yo, this sucks right now. So I kind of feel like there's a lot of bad stuff happening. And obviously like some people are luckier than others and some people have it worse than others. But at the same time, like negativity and like fear spreads at the same time. So does like positivity and like, being kind and like all that kind of stuff to where I feel like now is especially important to like not be an outward shitbag and like just be cool and just be like take it day by day like that's literally all you can do absolutely um that's that's all I have to say Um, same this is this was two hours long, so this actually might make this actually might make it onto the to the live show, but I'm still gonna post it up on Spotify anyway, like ahead of time. So fuck it. So oh, yeah. more the more the fucking merrier. Um, the things to follow me on Dead Air NWCZ on Spotify, not Spotify. What the fuck? I'm so bad at this. <laughs> um, Dead Air NWCZ on both um, Instagram and Twitter. I've I've talked a little bit more on Twitter lately, so that's cool. Um, and then I got um, facebook.com slash dead air hardcore radio. And then our group um, dead air hardcore radio on Facebook and then dead air hardcore radio.com. I did some um, reviews for the end of days uh, demo um, did for reek minds. What else? What else was there? A, a couple other check them out. Dead air hardcore radio.com. Anything else you want to say, Dev? Any last word? Change from the Northwest is my favorite new hardcore band. They're sick. I can't get enough. Shout out to them. Um, Rejection Pact is writing a new record right now. And everyone make playlists of stuff that you're listening to that you think is cool that other people should be checking out and share that with your friends. And there's other ways to engage and experience hardcore outside of live shows, even though that is the best form. There are other ways and do that. Do the other ways right now. Yeah. Do what you can. Exactly. I'm, I'm a hundred percent for the do whatever you can when you can. Um, so all right, that's the end of this one. And cool. uh, listen to Dead Air, two hours of a podcast. <laughs>